guys, thanks for joining us on what is sure to be a magical episode of Our Stories. I'm here with history maker, Jimmy Allen. Hello, how you guys doing? We are here today at the making of Harry Potter at the Warner Brothers studio in Leavesden. Now, Jimmy, you were my first ever guest on the podcast. And when you were here last, we talked about how we're both such huge Harry Potter fans. And I said I would bring you here. And here we are. Yeah, you made it happen. You did it. You're a woman of your word. And we are here. It's pretty cool, you know, to see all the cool stuff, uh, how they make it, the sets and like, just feel like where that where you know everything in the movie took place is it's awesome if you haven't been here you gotta come if you've been here come back <laughs> yeah they, they're always doing new things here and it's just going to be a lot of fun to learn more about you today in the context of harry potter we'll see how many harry potter puns we can fit in nah, to one second sure there'll be a bunch <laughs> And now, since I've seen you last, you've been making history. You are the first black country artist to get number one with your debut single. Mm-hmm. And you've got an ACM nomination for Best Male Artist yeah. of the Year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, I'm still just thinking about everything that's, uh, you know, transpired over the past, uh, past year. It's pretty, uh, it's, been, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy, you know. it's like Magical. Going, very magical. It's like going from... <laughs> My old life wanting to this to get on this one is like you know to the How Works Express from waiting <laughs> tables go. to being a musician that gets to travel the world and see some cool yeah. stuff. It's pretty awesome. And I've got to thank you because last time we were together, you encouraged me mm-hmm. on my journey of self discovery to go ahead and take the Pottermore test because mm-hmm. I thought it was a Gryffindor, which I think most people probably fancy, oh, fancy yeah. themselves a Gryffindor, you know. But I'm not. Yeah. And um, you are Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still in the house. Yeah. So. Yeah. Loyal yeah. and true. So, yeah, thanks for that. And it's funny because when I was taking the test, I knew the exact question that did it. There was one question that was like, you're on a path and the path is forking. And one branch leads to a pool with mm-hmm. like bubbling luminous lights. And the other one. But then you see some like talking mushrooms. Yeah. Which one do you go investigate? And I'm like, well, I know the Gryffindor answer is probably the bubbling pool but i'm like oh, yeah. i am nosy as hell so i had to go for those mushrooms and i know that that's what did it oh you gotta do it the, the mushrooms get you every time and I, I didn't know i was gonna be slytherin but i figured i would because most slytherin they're they're very motivated no matter what the task is mm-hmm. they try to find ways to get it done that's what it's probably a reason why they thought harry could have been a slytherin and slytherin are but like the big difference between slytherin and uh, Gryffindor is, I think Gryffindor are their martyrs to where Slytherin, they would rather themselves become successful and then help other people be successful, where I think Gryffindor would rather sacrifice their success altogether to see someone else be successful. <laughs> and I love that because, I mean, you're just breaking stereotypes all over the place because when I first found, you took your phone out and mm-hmm. I saw your phone cover and yeah. your phone cover is Slytherin yeah. and I was like, what is that? <laughs> like, you think you know someone. Yeah. And then you actually made me challenge my ideas of mm-hmm. what Slytherin is. And you're right. Like, yeah. they're not bad. It doesn't yeah. mean they're, they're bad. So They I went, had two bad characters, Malfoy yeah. and, and Voldemort. But then you yeah. look at, at uh, uh, Snape. Yeah. Great guy. Like He's when the, the most amazing. The heart of him is so pure. And then a lot of other people in the house, when you just do more research on, like, you know, people that were in Slytherin and stuff like that. So Now, for me, like, Snape, he... 
he's the ultimate country song because oh, yeah. he gave this all up. He gave up everything for love, a love that was never returned. Oh, never. Like, <laughs> never. I mean, if never. that ain't a country song, never. I don't know what is. He was so loyal to the love that he had for Harry's mom. He looked out for Harry with Harry without Harry even knowing yeah. the entire time until he died. Everyone hated him. Yeah, everyone hated him until his deathbed. All for the love of this. I can't think of anything more romantic, honestly. Yeah, that's some next level love right there. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Is it Voldemort or Voldemort? I think there's a T. There's a T in it. There is. Now... Is the T silence? Yes. Um, J.K. Rowling came out and said that for all these years we've all been saying Voldemort and mm -hmm. it's Voldemort. Voldemort. It's French. It's French. Ooh. But see, I have this ex, he who shall not be named, mm -hmm. and um, everyone knows to refer to him as Voldemort, yeah. but he, he doesn't even deserve the French pronunciation. Oh, yeah. He just gets, he, he gets, he gets Voldemort. Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I feel very privileged because I was able, you're here in London for mm -hmm. C2C for this big festival, country music festival that takes place in the UK. It's like the biggest weekend in the UK for country music. Mm -hmm. And I got to attend the songwriters round on Thursday, which was phenomenal. It was everything that I'd want. I laughed. Mm -hmm. I cried. You made me cry, by the oh, way. Sorry. <laughs> and laugh some more. Yeah. Horrified a little bit, some of the antics going on, which was, oh, yeah. it was just such a good time, and the music and the stories and just the vulnerability was so pure. It was like, honestly, everyone was like, oh, what did you see, or what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, I saw the songwriters. I'm good now. Uh, like, was, that's all I need man, to do. I'm, I'm the, fine. The, the cool thing about the songwriters thing is, you know, a lot of artists like myself and Travis and Cam, we don't get to see each other too often. Yeah. So when we're on rounds like that, uh, in the States, they have them, radio stations put them on, they call them guitar pools, or they have like yeah. four or five artists on stage at once. I remember one, the last one I did was myself, Lee Bryce, Runaway June, Ryan Hurd, and um, uh, uh, Randy Hauser. And we clown, the radio people bring, te bring tequila shots on stage, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I love it. And one of the things that I noticed is, is, so like, say Cam was performing, not only am I fangirling and taking video, but then I look up and uh, I see you on stage taking uh, video uh, of Cam. And I'm like, one of us. Like, But it was so nice to see that actually all of the artists up there really mm -hmm. enjoyed being in each other's presence and company. It's great. And, and us getting a chance, because we don't all the time get to hear the stories behind other people's songs as well. So hearing the story behind Burning House and then... Oh, Laura yeah. Veltz telling the story behind Live Forever that Kane Brown put on his record. Um, didn't know that uh, they pitched it to Carrie Underwood. Didn't know that. Yeah. And, and that's my four-year-old son's uh, favorite song. So we, I took him with me one weekend on a Kane Brown tour. And I said, Jimmy, we got to go see Uncle Kane sing forever. Mm -hmm. So, like, he would run around backstage and sing it to Kane and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool to see it and, and to see it from the writer's perspective, uh, you know, the, the person whose vision of the song came from. So. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed is that it was a really diverse audience. Mm -hmm. I mean, for C2C, it's been growing for the past several years, but this is the first time I can honestly say it wasn't like a total whitewash. You know, yeah. there were lots of different people, different ages, oh, yeah. and it was really nice to see everyone coming together and, and just watching cool. the music. We saw some people come, met some people from Russia, from the States. Uh, these two people came from Japan. Like, it's like all over the place, you know. So, And it just goes to show, like, music fans and if you give them something they want it doesn't matter the distance they'll come like I met people from when I was here in October with Chase Rice that came to my show in Glasgow they were there for the songwriters night and when I played the spotlight stage and um, just other different acoustic shows I played mm -hmm. throughout the week um, you know I'm thinking the venues always will have room for other people they said every acoustic show I played 
was to capacity. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's, you know, to, since I came over in October, you know, we built up some listeners here. And it's great to see that loyalty and, that, and, and you know, if you put in the time to come over here, they'll put in the time to show up and mm-hmm. support because we love playing and they love hearing music. So it's a, it's a hand-in-hand uh, marriage. Yeah. Now, at one point during the songwriters round, you played your song Warrior, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. And you told a story about your grandmother. Mm-hmm. And that's when I lost it because I <laughs> lost my grandmother in, it must be 2015. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just, th- those are such special relationships that you have with your grandparents. And I know, you know, if I were to call her, it's like days like today, it was like, oh my gosh, I want to oh, call yeah. my grandmom and tell her that I, I was at Harry Potter. And like, sometimes. well, I know, I know. And I see mine on Skype and I'm like, oh, she, you know, we just haven't spoken with her a while. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things that you just don't get over. So I thank you for sharing that story. And it's not often that you find men writing such beautiful and vulnerable songs about the important and the powerful women in their lives. Your song, Warrior, definitely connects to me. And not only because I have these powerful women in my life, but that's what I strive to be. My, you know, my, my father's great in my life and uncles. and You know, but you know, it's, it's different when you can, you know, kind of get the, the strength from men but also get the tender touch and the and the tender strength and the caring strength from women I think it plays a big part to kind of have both you know whether it comes from your mother grandmom your sister your teacher a neighbor whatever I feel like it's important to have a strong woman and a strong man in your life no matter the the relationship you know? Your songs, they really do connect with people. Your debut single, Best Shot, went to number one. How does that feel? It was crazy. Like, I, I mean, when I wrote it, I just wanted to write something that day, you know, to not even really a relationship aspect, but just, you know, wanting to be a better person. Because I feel like everything starts with how you view yourself. Because mm-hmm. how you view yourself is what you put off, you know, into the universe. And I feel like if you strive every day to be a better person, and being a better person, you're a better friend, a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better daughter. So it all starts with you, and that's just that was the, that was the purpose of kind of like the root, the root, the root behind that song. Mm-hmm. Another one of your songs that you've got on the album. Uh, I want to talk about your new single in a minute because I don't know how you pick. There's so many. When I listen to your album, uh, Mercury Lane, your debut album, I always think. You know, before you put out your next single, I was like, "What's it going to be?" I was like, "That could be it. That could be. That could be it." And I particularly love "All Tractors Ain't Green." Uh, the guy Tim Nichols, he wrote "Live Like You Were Dying" for Tim McGraw and a bunch of other yeah. stuff. Him, myself, and a guy named Brandon Hood. Tim was like, "How do you feel about writing a song about being a black guy in country music?" I was like, "I'm down." So it's just about you know, because when you think country music, you think a white guy from the south. But really, you know, it's country fans, country artists, country people everywhere across the uh, across the globe and it's just a song about you know there's more than one way to get the same job done you know um, just be yourself no matter stereotypes you have to fight against and uh, the, the I don't really want to say ignorance but for lack of better words I say that a lot of times when you see things on TV and you haven't had the uh, the chance to really travel and see anything else that's all you know mm-hmm. you know so when you you know when you paint this picture of country music you know, you see a white guy. When you paint a lot of times, TV will paint a picture of, of, of black people, just hip-hop artists and loud and aggressive, and that's not true. And then they'll paint pictures of, you know, sometimes white guys being timid and not really saying, but every white guy I know speak their mind. You know, so it's like, you know, it, it really forces you to kind of really look at the world with facts and not just what you see on TV and just kind of step out and just... Be yourself, no matter where you're from or what you look like. So I've got this story of the two Joes. This is 
real. This is these are two wonderful women that live on my street, and you know we catch each other in passing, we have a chit chat. And one day, it must have been about the time that I saw you last, so maybe last October, and um, we we're having a chit chat. And one of the Joes likes country music, and she said, "Who do I need to listen to now?" And I said, well, I'll tell you who I'm listening to right now. I said, you need to listen to Ashley McBride, Girl Going Nowhere. And it was Mercury Lane. I said, you got to listen to Jimmy Allen. And I just ran into that neighbor the other day, and she was just randomly walking with her headphones. She said, come, come, come here, listen to this. And she, she gave me her headphone, and it was you. <laughs> so I felt so good, because I'm like, that was like four months ago, and she's still listening. Like, nice. she really loves it. Now, the other Joe, this is the tale of two Joes. So the other Joe, she doesn't like country music. So when I was telling... My other friend Joe about you, you need to listen to Jimmy Allen. You know, you've got this great contemporary like country but pop rock sound. You just had your number one single um, with Best Shot and Joe said, Oh, I didn't know black people did that. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you've got like the tale oh, of two Joe. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, and again, you know, it's one of the things where you know you people paint up this image for so long of what country music is and stuff like that. So people already have a preconceived notion. You know, that's why a lot of times like I told the label, hey, when you're promoting me outside of a, 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 a market that's not used to country music, just get rid of the word country mm-hmm. and just use artists. Because people either have a good experience or a bad experience with everything, from genres of music to denominations within religion to places to anything. Just say, hey, this is an artist. Or, you know, I believe in God and leave you know everything mm-hmm. else out and just kind of let people kind of dig into what you have to offer and make their own opinion based off of that. Mm-hmm. Now, the audience the other night was really diverse, and obviously people know you, so when they come to a Jimmy Allen show, they know, you know, they're going to come see you, mm-hmm. they're going to have a great time, you're going to play some great music, you're going to tell us some jokes, yeah. you know, it's going to be a really fun night. But when you were starting out, and people might have been coming to these shows and not knowing who you were, were you ever concerned or worried what people might find when you stepped on stage? No, I was like, you know, all I can be is myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, they're either going to like it or they're not. Either way, I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> so, that's what I just try to lead every... Someone is not happy here at Warner Brothers. Get that, get that, get some butterbeer. I need some butterbeer and put some beer in it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just try to have a good time. All I can do is be myself, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, all you can do is offer yourself the yep. best version of yourself and some people like it, some people won't. But, you know, but you quickly realize you're doing what you love for yourself and for the people that like it. So. Do you think it has ever been a hindrance to your career that you are a black country artist, or do you think it's a perk? I think it's a perk. I agree, because I heard those ladies screaming for you on Thursday. Yeah. They're like, Jimmy! Jimmy! Like, all night. I can literally stand in the crowd of 50 white country artists, and they can pick me out. You know, it's like... I have a friend that's a white artist, and he's like, man, Jimmy, i got to come up with a gimmick or something so I can stand out, you know? So I think it's a perk. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now tell me, you've got a new single out, Mm -hmm. Make Me Want To. Girl, what's your name? What you drinking? Yeah, what's your favorite song? If you're thinking what I'm thinking, we ain't going to be in this bar too long. We'll be sneaking on out to your car, stealing kisses out there in the dark. Yeah, it might be too soon to say I love you, but you're gonna make me want to. So, you know, I'm a sensitive guy, you know, I, I, I catch feelings fast a lot of times. I go to Disney and Harry Potter yeah. as we're sitting here right now. Uh, 
and um, I wore little jeans. So a lot of times guys that wear little jeans are sensitive. But now this song's just about, you know, being vulnerable. If you catch feelings, no matter when you catch them, just be honest and tell the person about them. You know, like the line that says, it might be too soon to say I love you, but you're going to make me want to. You know, meaning a lot of times they say sometimes women, when they meet a guy, they can already see themselves either kissing them or not kissing them, marrying them or not marrying them, having babies or not having babies. And guys do the same thing, you know. And, I, you know, I didn't want to be too soft so that's why I kind of started out at a bar and stuff like that but there's little lines in there that says um, right second verse uh, right now in the middle of the crowd you're sitting in the world on, on a bar stool so when you paint the crowd the guys out having a good time but in the midst of all the chaos and, and other people he still finds a way to see her mm-hmm. you know just try to show a different side you know? and how do you pick the next single because your album Mercury Lane I listened to it and before you put out your second single I listened to it and think okay that could be the next single like Underdogs could uh, American Heartbreaker that could how, how do you go ahead and decide for me I kind of just trust my gut you know I, I base it off of live shows you know I, um, whatever song is newest and has the best reaction consistently we kind of just you know choose that and kind of roll with it and hopefully it does well if not we'll just move on to another song <laughs> tell us what you've got coming up next? Um, you know, I'm working on a movie. Uh, oh, tell me about that. I'm so glad you brought that up because the last time we talked, you said that you were going to mm-hmm. do a movie. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing a feature film this summer. I'll be able to say who it's with uh, next week. Uh, what about this week? No. Uh, yeah, we can get <laughs> we can get back on it next week, and we'll have another conversation next week. Uh, but you're doing my first feature film. Um, I got a book, uh, child's book. I developed. I started working on this character. Like two, about two, three years ago, and uh, so developing that. Uh, oh my gosh, you're like a regular JK. It's I uh, know she inspires me so much. Um, got the book, uh, writing a movie with a film director now actually on my life. And then the book, there's talks. We've met with a few big production companies about after the first book comes out in 2020, making a movie for it in 2021, and just doing that and uh, doing more uh, albums. Uh, I'm, they're trying to get me to do a special, a uh, 30-minute stand-up special, like comedy. Nice. Yes, I, I think I'm going to do that. Let's work on a new show. Um, we just finished the Kane Brown tour. We're going out the first part of summer with Rascal Flats, and then the second part we're going out with um, uh, Chris Young. And fall, trying to figure out um, if we're going to go out with someone or headline our own stuff in the U.S., and then work our way back think about doing six or seven shows back here in the UK between oh, wow. October and February for my birthday again that's yeah, so, so thoughtful we're, so we're trying to nice work guy. out some venues and some details and, and just see what the you know the logistics look like as far as finances flying the band over and transportation and everything while we're here so just trying to make it happen sooner, sooner than later so. well it's so exciting and I can't wait to see how all these different projects develop for you. Best of luck to you with the Thank ACM you. nominations. Thank now, I have to say, if there was a Best Dressed award, the Best Dressed Man in Country yeah. Music, you would 100% win that. <laughs> and I almost want to write like a strongly word letter that they need to add that so we can have that in. They should have had yeah, that. Because you would win hands down. They need to add that Best Dressed, Most Creative, whatever, something. You know? Yeah. Harry Potter get, fan. Yeah, they give people a lot of the regular black ties and white shirts. I feel like red carpets or where you're supposed to show another extension of your creativity. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be the closest. I design all my suits. Um, I come up with the design, and my buddy Caleb Carter in L.A. makes it for me, and we just try to, you know, create something cool for that night, something that's just special to the occasion. So. I can't wait. I'll be looking out for that, and I'll be <laughs> cheering for you from the sofa. Thanks so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. No problem. Now let's 
hit up Diagon Alley. Yes, let's do that. That's <laughs> okay. right now. <laughs> hey, y'all, this is Jimmy Allen. And I'm Adrena Austin. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Our, our stories. stories. You've been listening to Our Stories with Adrena Austin. I'd like to thank Jimmy Allen for being our guest today. Now, for more with Jimmy Allen, you can catch him on episode one of Our Stories. I'd like to give a special thanks to the making of Harry Potter Warner Brothers Studio Tour in London for giving Jimmy and myself access to explore the sets and iconic props from the original Harry Potter movies. It was an absolutely magical day and a must-see for any Potterheads. Today's theme music is Make Me Want To by Jimmy Allen, courtesy of BMG. Jimmy Allen's debut album, Mercury Lane, is out now. If you like what you heard today, be sure to tell a friend, like, subscribe, and leave a review. I'm Adrena Austin, and thanks for listening to Our Stories, an inclusive celebration of the diverse people, sounds, and stories of country music. Hey.